It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Redskins. Your daily Washington Redskins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, guys, I'm Chris Russell. Good to have you with us on another episode of the Locked on Redskins podcast. And away we go. We've got a busy show for you today as we talk about a number of issues that are starting to percolate, starting to heat up uh, as we get to essentially the hot stove part of the calendar for the NFL with a combine at the end of this month, free agency, a little over a month away. And all the rumors and potential trades and potential acquisitions and who's available out on the street. First thing we need to remind you of as we record this on Wednesday afternoon, East Coast time, is Greg Olson is meeting with three different teams, the Seahawks, the Buffalo Bills, the Washington Redskins. I believe he's first meeting with the Bills, then the Redskins. Uh, I've reached out to Greg. He has... um, You know, he hasn't returned uh, my text, uh, but we'll hopefully uh, get a chance to have him on here uh, or or, or something um, once he makes his decision, especially if it's with the Washington Redskins. So I certainly wish him the very best in that regard. Flat out, the Redskins need a tight end. Uh, Ron Rivera, in case you missed it, basically said, look, we don't really have a tight end situation. Uh, It's not a, you know, like Jordan Reed is not a, a, you know, and I'm paraphrasing. I don't have the exact quote in front of me. He basically said Jordan Reed's not a fit here. Now, if you go with Greg Olson because of his age, because he's got an injury history, as many do, there's not many clean players, guys. Just just warning you, Um, because you have all that, you have no choice but to put a pretty big priority on drafting another tight end in the right now third round. You're not going to do it at number two overall. You're probably not going to do it even if you trade down and pick up several first-round picks. There just isn't that guy. But I keep mentioning uh, Thaddeus Moss from LSU, uh, Jared Pinckney from Vanderbilt. There are a couple other guys out there that I'm still trying to get myself familiar with. If you sign Olsen... You probably let Jordan Reed go, unfortunately. And you sign Olsen and you draft a kid in the third round, maybe the fourth round. You keep Jeremy Sprinkle. You have Hale Hentges and you go forward like that. And you keep your eye on, you know, if a veteran pops free and gets cut or or whatever, maybe you bring that guy in. Or here's another option. Here's another option that most people aren't going to think of. But that's why you listen to this podcast. I'm just telling you, I'm not right all the time, but I'm going to think of angles that nobody else is going to think of. Everybody else is going to get more credit than I do. I'm telling you, I'm trying to educate you and think of different issues and angles that are concerning to the Redskins and are possibilities. I'm not saying it will happen, but think about it this way. 
With Jordan Reed, most people just say, well, there's no way you can keep him at $8.25 million base salary and a 10.3 cap number. And I would largely agree with that. I mean, there's just no way, right? So most people have it automatically that Jordan Reed's going to get cut. And I would still say that's the most likely scenario. However, there is another scenario somewhere in between. I talked to a couple of people around the league, and I asked these questions because I was curious. And they know contracts, and they know the CBA and the salary cap a lot better than I do. Okay? And they know league personnel better than I do. And they know the rules better than I do. So I asked. I said, hey, if you have Jordan Reed's $8.25 million base salary, which is non-guaranteed, and the Redskins could save $8.5 million in terms of cap money by whacking him, say, before the league year begins next month, could you do a situation like this, especially if Greg Olson does not sign with you, right? Could you do a situation like this where you take Jordan's $8.25 million and you go to Jordan and say, look, we'd like to keep you. We want to give you a chance. We love your talent. We all know that you're not healthy and haven't been healthy, and it's a tremendous liability, so we have to work on something together, or there is no other option but to part ways and thank you for your service and all that. So what if we did this? What if we took your base salary from 8.25 and cut it, essentially, down to $2 million and gave you the opportunity to earn three, four, five, six million dollars back in likely to be earned incentives, non likely to be earned incentives, however, they package the incentive structure, right? Based on snaps, based on play, all that stuff. I'm not going to get too deep in the woods here, right? There's ways to do that. What if we gave you the opportunity to earn it back? If we cut your base salary down to $2 million from 8.25, we get to save 6.25 under the cap, make your cap number a much more reasonable number. That would be my first option to Jordan Reed to solve this instead of just whacking him. And I would even do this, quite honestly, even if Greg Olson is here. And even if you sign Greg Olson, because again, Greg Olson's 34, and Greg Olson has gotten hurt. I think he only played 14 games last year. He's had issues. We saw what happened last year. Vernon Davis went out, and then the Redskins were really screwed. So even if Greg Olson's here, I would still potentially do this. But you have to lower that cap number, right? There's no way the Redskins can carry a 10.3 cap hit. So you take the $8.25 million and you say, listen, JR, let's go down to $2 million. We'll give you an incentive package that maybe you earn $3, $4, 5000000 million of that back. My understanding is if, if he earns and whatever he earns of that incentive package, certainly the, the Redskins would not have to carry that number during the 53-man or the top 51 when they go down to that when the regular season hits, but they would have to then in order to be cap compliant for 2021, meaning next year, they would have to factor in whatever money was earned 
and the NFL tallies it all up and they do the incentive perks and all that stuff and teams find out, you know, and and they have to absorb it as part of their adjusted salary cap figure. So again, you would basically pay Jordan Reed the $2 million base, his $1.8 million proration, you're not getting away from that. That's money that he's already been paid that automatically counts against the salary cap, whether you cut him, keep him, whatever you do with him. So under my scenario, you can cut it from 10.3 to $3.8 million. That sounds like a pretty good savings and maybe a hopeful investment, right? And what you do is if he accepts that, then you potentially have a a great player, if he can stay healthy, a 1 and a 1A. Also, you could, if he got hurt again, in training camp or whatever, just like what happened last year, you could still move on from him. You can put him on IR. You can do whatever you got to do. Or if he says, no, you know what, I'm not going to do that, then you can say, Jordan, your current base salary is not guaranteed at all. How about we guarantee $1 million of the $2 million that we want you to take? This way, if we decide to move on from you, or if you decide to shop the free agent market and you can't come up with a deal, you have $1 million fully guaranteed. We're willing to guarantee that. Because right now, all of the 8.25 is, is non-guaranteed. What if we were to be willing to do that olive branch and give you an incentive structure? This way, he only makes the big money if he plays and he performs well and if he's healthy. But on your end, the liability on the Redskins' end is while you get the cap savings of six, seven million, whatever it turns out to be, he gets a guaranteed pay, meaning. That base salary would not be guaranteed until week one. We're going to guarantee it to you now, back in March. See where I'm getting at? For you to agree to a pay cut. To me, this makes the most plausible sense. What about you guys? Let me know. Russellmania09 at gmail.com. Russellmania09 at gmail.com. You can tweet me at Russellmania621 or at Locked Redskins. When we make the turn, coming up next... Vic Beasley, the Atlanta Falcon edge rusher, could he could he be of interest to the Redskins? We'll discuss right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Guys, remember the days that you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up, fellas. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. They're chewable. They work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. If you could benefit from a little more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Blue Chew is prescribed online by licensed physicians, so you don't have to go to the doctor's office or wait in line at the pharmacy, and it ships right to your door in a discreet package. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code LOCKEDON. 
Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E, Chew.com. Promo code locked on to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, good to have you with us right here on the Locked On Redskins podcast. I'm Chris Russell. As we mentioned, you can follow me on Twitter at WrestleMania621. You can follow the podcast at Locked Redskins. You can email me, WrestleMania09 at gmail.com. Please read me, RedskinsReport.com, RedskinsReport.com, part of SI. All sorts of Redskins coverage, video and written coverage there. Uh, as well for subscriptions, Warpath Magazine. Certainly invite you to go check out that, a monthly periodical sometimes, i.e. during training camp, a twice-monthly periodical about the Washington Redskins in newspaper magazine format. And as well, listen to me on the radio, 1067 The Fan and the Radio.com app. Don't forget to check out our daily Monday through Friday Google News Initiative updates. One in roughly five minutes, often less. Reports on the Redskins, big issues, topics, breaking news, all that sort of stuff. One and roughly five-minute reports or less. Google News Initiative, just go to Google and say, play Locked on Redskins, and you will get your news that way. All right, good to have you with us right here on LOR. So I wrote about this again at RedskinsReport.com, and I asked my buddy Aaron Freeman from Locked on Falcons, and he does a tremendous job. Highly suggest you go and check out Locked on Falcons. We've had Aaron on when the Redskins, of course, have played the Falcons and done a crossover Wednesday, and I'm sure we will touch base with him at some point this offseason as well. The Atlanta Falcons announced earlier this week that they're not going to pursue negotiations with outside linebacker Vic Beasley, uh, who will become an unrestricted free agent when the league year opens up March 18th. So again, six weeks from today, uh, roughly, is when the new league year and therefore free agency begins. So you have Beasley, 27 years old, former number eight overall pick of the 2015 NFL draft. Remember, that was Scott McLuhan's first draft. That was where Brandon Sheriff went number five. Eric Flowers went number nine, right, to the Giants. The Redskins liked him back then. Bill Callahan certainly did. Uh, McLuhan went with, again, Brandon Sheriff, certainly the better of the two. That was the right move. Uh, as it turns out, Dante Fowler went number one. Overall, that year, I didn't love him coming out of Florida. Some people did, uh, obviously. I know McLuhan did. Uh, he had him as the number one player on the board, and oh, by the way, so did the Jacksonville Jaguars. I never thought he was that good, but whatever. I'm not a scout. But Vic Beasley was always one of those guys that could absolutely pop off the chains, uh, off the chart for you. He could absolutely go, wow, look at that guy's get off and speed. So the number eight overall pick in 2015 just finished up his fifth NFL season. He was on the fifth year option of a rookie deal. So his contract is up. The Falcons could franchise tag him, 
or they could sign him to a long-term deal or they could let him go. And they're telling you a month and a half before free agency, we're letting him go. We're not going to franchise tag him and we're not going to negotiate. He's going to be a free agency, a free agent, which helps Vic Beasley out, right? Because even though he cannot sign with another team right now, uh, unlike a street free agent, unlike that teams can certainly plan with the idea that he is not going to be restricted and he is not going back to Atlanta. Those teams that like him can try and make a bid and can try and work on putting together a good competitive offer to present to his agent, likely off the record at the combine or maybe off the record further at another time. And away you go. Beasley had 15 and a half sacks in 2016. 20 and a half. I mean, I'm sorry, 15 and a half. He had five sacks in 2017, five sacks in 2018. So two very disappointing bottom line number years and was struggling again this year before he came up with four sacks over the final four weeks of the season, which got him back up to eight. He started 60 games for the Falcons. 156 tackles, 37 and a half career sacks, 36 tackles for a loss, 11 forced fumbles, two touchdowns. So the bottom line is this. Atlanta's looking to upgrade their pass rush, get a little more juice. Um, and I, again, I reached out to Aaron Freeman of Locked on, Reds, uh, of Locked on Falcons, um, who, again, you guys should check out because Aaron's really good. And he answered some questions for me. So I asked him, I said, hey, did the Falcons make the right decision to not pursue Beasley? And he said, yeah, it should have been done last year. They shouldn't have even given him the fifth-year option, which they, of course, had to do before the end of last year, but it was not guaranteed that he was going to stay because it's only guaranteed for injury. He said everybody knew he wasn't going to live up to the nearly $13 million option price tag, and as we just chronicled, he didn't. Led the team in sacks, but a flurry late. Right? He's just a little up and down. And that's the book on Beasley. Very inconsistent as a pass rusher. I've noticed, and Aaron pointed it out. I mean, I put up a couple of video clips in the piece that I'm talking about on RedskinsReport.com that he's really good twisting and stunting. He is good at somebody else creating the work and then, as Aaron calls it, cleanup plays. I saw one pass rush where... He came flying in off the right edge, but he was definitely the second guy in because the first guy, and I don't know who it was, got to the quarterback, got a hand on him, slowed him up, held him up, started the spin, and Beasley took him down. So Aaron also points out off the stunts and twists, which again showed up on the tape and some of the highlights uh, from NFL Game Pass that I watched and again put up in this piece. I asked him how Beasley would fit in with a 4-3 front that Jack Del Rio and Ron Rivera are planning on playing. And Aaron pointed out he played a true defensive end in a 4-3 front in 2015 during his rookie season. He was okay. He was better without his hand in the dirt, which is clearly what you do as an edge player as part of a 3-4. Or he could be a 4-3 Sam, a strong side, 4-3 linebacker. Why? Well, because he's got speed and because he's got athleticism to be in coverage, which the Redskins are short on, quite honestly. So I asked 
Aaron, one last question. He gave a really detailed answer. I said, what kind of person is he is? Eh, he says he's a good guy, but he just doesn't have that consistent motor, that, as Aaron put it, the dog, the edge. But he said something very curious. Quote, I've long felt he's best suited to splitting time at linebacker and defensive end, where on early downs he can be a Sam, strong side linebacker in the 4-3, play the run, set the edge, be able to cover running backs and tight ends thanks to his superior athleticism. And Aaron points out he still needs work in this area, but he showed a lot of progress in 2019. And then on passing downs, you can kick him inside, down the line of scrimmage, ask him to play standing up, because that's what you're going to do even in a 4-3. Right, You're going to take out a defensive down lineman and you're going to bring up edge pass rushers and he goes in with Payne, Ioannidis, Allen, and he doesn't have to do it all himself. Those guys provide a good interior push and Vic Beasley can come around the stunt, the twist, the game, uh, or just the edge by using his pure speed and athleticism. Uh, to me, I think this is... A situation that warrants consideration. I'm not saying the Redskins are going to sign him. I'm not reporting anything. I just think it makes more sense than probably people are going to say it does. I think you should not dismiss it. Remember Ron Rivera coached against him and this coaching staff coached against him twice a year in the NFC South. I would not be shocked to see Vic Beasley draw some consideration from the Washington Redskins. And there's other reasons why, and we'll get into that next when we do Todd McShay's Latest mock draft, because the Redskins have all these pieces and we're not sure exactly how they're going to fit. And that's also a consideration and a dilemma and a question when it comes to do they automatically stay at number two and take Chase Young? We'll address that next right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. Good to have you with us. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And we welcome you back to the Locked On Redskins podcast. We finish up today's episode with the latest from Todd McShay of ESPN and his latest mock draft. And surprise, 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 he's got Chase Young going from Ohio State to the Redskins, as most everybody is going to have, right? I haven't seen any mock drafts that doesn't have Chase Young going number two. I'm not as sold as everyone else. I think that's what will happen, but I'm not as sold as everyone else. Here's what McShay said, quote, this could be the easiest pick on the board and considering the Redskins were 10th in the league with 46 sacks last year, it doesn't have much to do with a particular need. No, instead, this has everything to do with the special talent of Young, who has one of the highest grades I've given a player in two decades of scouting. Last year's number two pick and former Buckeye teammate Nick Bosa was a difference maker in year one, but the scary truth is that Young is an even better prospect. He can line up opposite Montez Sweat as a defensive end to drop back into a 3-4 outside linebacker role. Well, he's not necessarily going to be playing a 3-4 outside line, but you get the point. It doesn't matter, says McShay. Young will be in the face of opposing quarterbacks every Sunday. He led the nation with 16 and a half sacks in 2019, and he missed two games, which is important to note because he could have been 
18, 19, 20, uh, perhaps, if he didn't miss those two games. So, again, everybody is picking Chase Young to the Redskins, and I totally understand that, and that's the most likely scenario that they go in. However, here's my question. What if the Redskins were to sign a guy like Beasley, who I we just profiled and talked about, and then don't need as much edge rushing help and can address a different position of need, i.e. cornerback Jeff Akuda from Ohio State, who almost everybody has going number three to the Detroit Lions. You want a left tackle? Okay. Uh, some people are going Jedrick Wills to the Giants. Some people are going uh, from Alabama. Some people maybe I've seen Tristan Wirfs as high as four, although I think that's a little high for him. Uh, there's the kid from Louisville that many have going in the number four spot to the Giants. Uh, McShay does not. They have Andrew Thomas, the offensive tackle out of Georgia, going as low as 18 to the Dolphins. So there are a bunch of different options that the Redskins have, right? It's not just one. It's not just one. And it shouldn't be just one. So... Here's the bottom line. If the Redskins stay at number two, the most likely scenario, of course, is, again, Chase Young. But but I can't rule out that they would take somebody else, even though that would be heavily criticized and you're potentially bypassing one of the best pass rushers of this generation. Well, you could be also bypassing one of the best corners of this generation. We don't know, right? We don't know. What if somehow, some way, a team is so desperate for Chase Young, a team trades up to number one with Cincinnati and doesn't, for whatever reason, want Joe Burrow, which is not likely, but, I mean, it's possible. Throw it out there, right? And here's the other thing. If the Redskins were to sign an edge player like a Vic Beasley or somebody else in free agency and keep Ryan Kerrigan and have Ryan Anderson and have Montez Sweat, and have Ioannidis, Payne, Allen, settle. Is there really any need at that point for Chase Young? Is there a position? Or can you, again, if you choose to keep Ryan Kerrigan, can you then say, we're going to keep Kerrigan, again, sign an edge, in free agency, draft another need. You could do that, as we've kind of mentioned. Kerrigan, Anderson, Montez, Sweat, and and say fill in the blank linebacker, right, that you signed in free agency. That's four. And I understand they're obviously going to play defensive end. Along with Payne, Allen, Ioannidis, and Settle, that's eight. Now, you need eight guys, right? Or can you use Beasley as kind of, again, what Aaron Freeman was talking about, on early downs, use him as a Sam linebacker. On pass rush downs and obvious pass rush downs, i.e. third down, use him kicked inside or with his alignment right off the line of scrimmage in kind of a wide nine stance and kind of get two uses out of him. I think that's going to be interesting to watch. I just don't, for whatever reason, absolutely 100% totally buy that the decision is no decision at all, and it's Chase Young. I think the Redskins still have options, and I think the Redskins are 
I, I think the Redskins are likely to take Chase Young if they stay there, but I don't think it's a slam dunk yet. I, I could be wrong, but I don't think it's a slam dunk yet. We'll see. All right, just wanted to bring that to you guys right here on the Locked On Redskins podcast. More draft coverage, more free agency coverage, uh, and more fallout. Uh, we've got mock drafts aplenty. We've got Brandon Sheriff to get into. We've got Trent Williams to get into. All on the next episode of the Locked On Redskins podcast. Thanks for being with us. I'm Chris Russell. Have a good day. Adios. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.